Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, we will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode. Welcome back to the Leaving Eden podcast. My name is Gavriel Hakowin, and I am here with my amazing co-host. Hi, I'm Sadie Carpenter. Hello, Sadie. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm getting, I have a super busy day today, but sitting down to record some homework. Well, that's wonderful. Um, and would you like to remind all of the lovely people who are listening to this show right now what you have been reading? Yes, yeah, so I have been reading um, the first few books of the Adventures of Captain Underpants series by Dave Pilkey. Yes, this was a uh, this was a this was fun. I have some thoughts. Yes, and before we get into that, I would just like to say that the Leaving Eden podcast is a fully independent podcast. Uh, we bring you not just one but two episodes every week and if you like our content you can subscribe to our patreon where we have extended episodes um if you don't want to support us financially that's cool we get it you can uh recommend our podcast to your friends your family your co-workers anybody who you think might like it also you can leave us a good itunes review um anything else uh, I think we had a little bit of a milestone that we wanted to announce this week. Yes, we did have a milestone. We, we had a great. Okay, wait, wait, wait. We had a great week. Yes. So we released our our theme song. We released our theme song. That was super exciting. Yeah, a lot of people streamed it. Like fifty people streamed it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And um, we also hit a podcast milestone that we want to tell you about. Yes, we had we cracked ten thousand downloads of our podcast so we want to thank each and every one of you for listening to all of the episodes or as or many of the episodes that you may have listened to but ten thousand downloads actually at the time that we're recording this it's eleven thousand downloads that is awesome and i think we hit like a, a a high number in a week as well 
Yes. So if you are a member of our Facebook group, <laughs> you will know. You thought I forgot. <laughs> yeah. You thought I wasn't going to bring this up on air. You were wrong. <sighs> yeah. So th- if you listen to episode four, there is a drink called Mountain Moo. Now, Mountain Moo is equal parts Mountain Dew and milk. It was invented by a guy that I went to college with. Uh, I drank it once. It was disgusting. Now, if you are a member of our Facebook group, you will know that on a post in the Facebook group, I agreed that when we got 2,000 downloads in a week, that I would drink a glass of Mountain Moo on Instagram Live. And I think that you kind of had the impression that that was a huge number of downloads and we might never get there. Not that we might never get there, but that it would be a long way off. (laughs) Maybe that it wouldn't happen, I don't know, last week. Last week, we achieved 2,016 downloads in one week. And so... While this is a marvelous thing to have happen to us as a podcast, this is a terrible thing to have happen to me. So at some point in the very near future, after you guys are all hearing this, I am going to go on Instagram Live and I am going to drink a glass of Mountain Moo, which I am not excited to drink, but I will drink a glass of Mountain Moo. And I want you to know that I do it for you, the listener. To let you know that you are appreciated and to let you know that I am willing to put everything on the line. Because on this show, we like to promote freedom of mind, freedom of thought, freedom of religion. We like to let our listeners know of the clear and present danger that cult groups like the IFB pose to society as a whole. And this is how devoted I am to that cause, that I would drink a glass of Mountain Moo for all of you to protect you from the IFB. (laughs) So we are going to, we're going to be setting that up pretty soon. Yeah. Follow our Instagram. You'll be able to see it. I was thinking I might, uh, I might be willing to, to drink Mountain Moo for our Patreon people. Yeah, if you want to join the Patreon, Sadie will drink Mountain Moo and then she'll like... I will post it if I don't immediately upchuck. You know what? It might accidentally induce labor. So we are going to wait until I'm 37 (laughs) weeks pregnant and then we will go ahead and do the Mountain Moo the That'll be the thing that does it. Okay, yeah. um, Good Lord, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... Uh. We're going to we're going to get into Captain Underpants because we so uh, if you're not familiar with the book series, then you are probably not. I, I don't know, like I, what, these books were ubiquitous when I was a kid, like uh, I was born in 1993. Sadie was also born in 1993, but she wasn't allowed to read them. But I was born in 1993. I think the the first one of these books came out in like 96, 97. And they you know, they were coming out in. 90s uh, like late 90s early 2000s so when i was in elementary school these were the books that were coming out and you know they're like what like 80 100 pages each there's not a lot of text in them but they're fun it's a goofy story and it's about these two elementary school kids named george beard and harold hutchins and they invent a superhero named captain underpants in a comic book and through a bizarre set of circumstances, Captain Underpants comes to life and it's their principal who is very mean <laughs> to them that gets transformed into Captain Underpants and becomes a superhero fighting crime in Pequa, Ohio. So and you're saying that these books were ubiquitous. And so this oh, absolutely. is this is my first question for you. Yes. So you like you were like waiting for these like waiting for the next one to get published. So I'll tell you how it would go is that you so did you have the scholastic book fair at your school? No, of course you didn't. No. We didn't, but I knew of that thing because maybe they would have it at the local library uh or maybe they would have it at the YMCA and that was something. So I was aware that that the scholastic book fair existed. 
Yeah. So uh, if you're not if you're not familiar with this, basically what they would do is, you know, it would be the Scholastic Book Fair and, you know, at the school library, I don't know, it was like one week a year, a few days during the week in the year. And there would be like they would sell there it would be like a bookstore and they would set it up in your library. You could go there and you could get stuff. And sometimes, you know, you could like win prizes and a prize would go towards, Oh, if you get this many points, you can get a book or something. I can't remember exactly how it worked. You know, they'd send home the newsletter to your parents and it would say this week is the scholastic book fair. And so your parents would give you like $10 and you go to the scholastic book fair and you pick out a book and or or a couple of books or, or however many books you can get because you know it would be children's books so they a lot of them wouldn't be particularly expensive but you know they give you some money you go to the book fair you pick out a book you take it home and you read it it was super fun it was a thing that would happen you know um but anyway every year at the scholastic book fair that's what they would have is that, like one of the big hit books was going to be the adventures of captain underpants. That was going to be one that was there. And like, whatever the new captain underpants book was, that was probably going to be the one that you were going to get. Um, of course, you know, what I would do is, um, I would like probably go after school. Cause you know, I would usually take the bus to school, but then like there would be one day when I think maybe I had band or something like that after school. And so my mom would be the one to come and pick me up. Um, and so we would go to the book fair after school and she would be like, okay, you can get this, you can get this Captain Underpants book, but I also want you to get like, you know, a real book. I'm not saying Captain mm-hmm. Underpants isn't a real book because it's a, a classic book. Um, she wanted to get you, she wanted you to get maybe something that doesn't reference underwear as well. Okay. Some quality children's literature. Uh, so I, I can't remember what I would do. Uh, I would get some other book and I would also read that one, but like the, I would, get home, read the new Captain Underpants book. My friend would also get the new Captain Underpants book. And they were just, they were the shit, man. They were, you know, they were it. They were the one that you wanted. So I remember, you know, seeing Scholastic Book Fair being set up. And I think in, in like community spaces, like I was talking about. And no, I remember no, I seeing Captain Underpants being advertised like i i could tell that it was one of the big ones that everybody wanted yeah and it felt like i was just i was as a child so if you're talking about you know you being 11 and me being 11 yeah and i don't know 2004 ish i remember being really scandalized you were scandalized by these yeah books. because like i that's not you know that's not something that's appropriate to talk about I see. I think it's so funny when little kids are like, oh, that's not appropriate. Like, what are you, an adult? Kids are going to say whatever they want to say. If they see something that they think is funny, they're just going to blurt it out, right? No, not if you're raised IFB. And I think my. There you go. I think my youngest brother. So my youngest brother has always been known for being a bit irreverent by the IFB standards, a little bit of a wild child. I lovingly call him bart simpson but with a little bit less property damage um he wasn't a destructive child but he he very much had bart's personality in a lot of ways so he i think he really really wanted to read this book but he wasn't allowed to because you know you can't you can't read a book that's about underpants that's just not that's not godly reading material for your child I think one boy who went to my school had these books. I really think he did. Oh, that would make you the coolest kid in school. So I feel like he wasn't allowed to bring them to church. Like like everybody knew that he had them and everybody was jealous of it, but but he couldn't mm. – he wasn't allowed to bring them to school or church. I'm trying to imagine a world where no one's allowed to have captive. Like I always had all these books um, – I mean, I'm trying to think if any of my friends weren't allowed to. You know what? I can't think if any of my friends weren't allowed to read these books. But man, it was so. So, funny. oh man. Well, I mean, I felt like as as a little child, I I was probably pretty pretentious by that age. By the time I became aware of these books, being well, existing. it's because what you're the oldest child, so you were expected to have more maturity. I'm I'm the oldest, and I was kind of I was one of those children who read the dictionary for fun. Uh, I was. <laughs> I was a I was a um bit of a Wednesday Adams kind of child. <laughs> um little bit there's there's one that's that's a slightly better comparison. I can't think of who it is. Again, now that I'm trying to say yeah. it. 
I was, I was, yeah, I was the child who read the dictionary for fun. So you're like Melvin and Captain Underpants. <laughs> yes, or I, I was, I was Elisa Simpson as a kid. Okay. So I kind of saw, I, I kind of thought I was above a book that referenced underpants, uh, but I, I <laughs> by the time I became aware of this series. But I think I was kind of indoctrinated by not being allowed to have it, by other people not being allowed to have it, because when I started to re- read these books for our podcast to review it on air, my thought, when I sat down to open the first book, my thought process was, well, Gavi said that my my kid would appreciate that when my kid is older. Um, I've got to sit down and see if this will be appropriate for them. like my thought in my head was i've got to read this and see if this is going to be okay for my kid to read when they're an early reader in you know eight or nine years oh of course of course so the books that that you got at least the ones in in the general narrative story you got the adventures of captain underpants captain underpants and the attack of the talking toilets Captain Underpants and the um, one with the ridiculously long title. Captain Underpants and the perilous plot of Professor Poopy Pants. Captain Underpants and the wrath of the wicked wedgie woman. Um, and did you get the the Captain Underpants and the big bad battle of the bionic booger boy? Yes, I didn't get and all the way parts- to that one. Okay, well, that one has parts one and two. Those ones are good. Um, and then I believe that they also have the, the extra, both extra crunchy books. Oh, fun. So extra crunchy book. Oh, fun one and extra crunchy book. Oh, fun two. And the adventures of super diaper baby. Right. And I didn't get, I didn't get through all of these. Um, but I did, I did read quite a few from like kind of the original, like I read some of the earlier ones. So it's very formulaic. Yes. Which I thought was kind of, I thought that was interesting. I think maybe having been removed from children's literature, I've forgotten how how formulaic children's uh, children's shows and children's literature can be. Yeah, but also like back, you got to remember that back in the day, these books weren't coming. You weren't binge reading these books. Right, You'd you were reading a- one a year you'd wait a year for the next one to come out. And so, you know, you expected the formula. You wanted the formula. I think children are attracted to that anyway. Yeah. Because I think, familiar. I think, yeah, I think children enjoy the familiarity of, of a series that's pretty much always, you know, the same kind of, the same sort of formula. And that being said, I thought these books were super cute. So I don't see any reason why my kids shouldn't be reading these. Yeah, see, I, I told you I that they really would be good thought, stuff. I really thought I would find something to object to. I really did. Like, I really thought I would find something that would cause me to kind of turn my nose up at this. Yeah. But th- there wasn't. I mean, th- it's a very odd premise. <laughs> yeah. So the story, the story as it goes in the first Captain Underpants book, if you're not familiar George Beard and Harold Hutchins are two good-natured but boisterous young men, fourth graders uh, at Jerome Horowitz Elementary School. Oh, wait. This is a thing that I wanted to talk about before you go on. Yeah. So this is one thing that is, that is always mentioned early in the book. It's mentioned that these two boys do a lot of obnoxious things, but that they're not bad. Right. The author really goes out of his way to, to say, these are not bad kids. These are not bad people. These are good boys who get a little over the line sometimes with their behavior. They just like pulling pranks, you know, for every now and then. Or every week, you know. Right. I mean, and I thought, I thought that was like important that the author went out of his way to explain that. That seems really, that seems like something to me. Yeah, that that that's another thing I think maybe the IFB wouldn't have liked so much. What that you can be irreverent and that you can be a bit of a rebel but not be a bad person. Yeah, because the IFB likes to sort people into good and bad, like you're good or you're bad. Period. You're good. You you know you don't talk out of turn. You you know you you, you fight off you the don't... wiggle worm. Do 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 do. Oh god, that song. 
<laughs> but uh, I thought this was I thought this was interesting, an interesting subversion of the ideas that I would have been taught at that age. Because this is saying, yeah. oh, these are not bad boys. These are just these are just boys who who get into trouble and do obnoxious things. So anyway, I th- I'm sorry. I thought that was really important to mention before we move on. So do you know what? Okay, you never got to uh, the the bionic booger boy episode. Uh, the bionic booger boy one, right? I- so of the pranks that they would pull, there was this one prank called a squishy, where. What they do is they take ketchup packets from the cafeteria and they put them underneath like the bumps on the bottom of the toilet seat, right? And so when you sit down on the toilet, it squirts ketchup into the back of your legs. And this is a prank we read about. uh, Me and one of my friends read about this in the book and we did it in real life. Um, I don't know if it worked or not because it was the sort of thing where we like set it and forget it and see if anybody like, you know, if there was any hubbub about it and I, we didn't hear any hubbub about it. We attempted to do this prank. I don't know if it actually occurred, but some of the pranks that they do get into are pretty amazing is one way to put it. Yeah. See, that reminds me my... My dad used to tell a story about saran wrapping the toilets at camp. Mm, never done that one, but that's funny. That, that that's what I immediately thought of with the with the ketchup packets. Yeah, um, I thought their I thought their pranks were I I really enjoyed that the pranks were well thought out. And it's cartoonish stuff. It's this kind of stuff that you would think only really works in like a comic book. So they're like mixing massive amounts of baking soda and vinegar in the uh in the the cupcake recipe and then that explodes and shoots baking soda and vinegar everywhere and the lunch ladies quit. Right. But that there's a there's a ring of truth to that. Like if you mix a, a bunch of baking soda and vinegar, you will get an explosive type reaction. Yeah. See, the th- okay, so that brings me to the next thing that I want to talk about, though. Did you, when you're reading this book, the teacher's the bad guy, the principal's the bad guy, you know, all, like, school is the thing you hate, and it's the place where you have to go, and they just treat children like, you know, like they, they the things they want from them are just to, for them to not be childlike. Is that an idea that you found like was something that you related to when you were reading these books? So let me, let me answer that in two different ways. Number one, that is an idea that the, the IFB would have a really, really big problem with. Yeah. That's another reason. Like even if anybody had been willing to get past the whole underwear bit of it to get to the, the content of the books, to read it and see, is this appropriate for my IFB child? Th- this, this would have failed it as well. Uh, because the idea that authority is not always acting in your best interest or that authority is not always to be followed without question would be a, a taboo or a, a, a non-allowed idea in the IFB. Yeah. And so reading that, like, did you sort of feel, I guess, like a catharsis? Yes. From seeing them successfully, like, undermine the administration of uh, Principal Krupp? Yes. I think as a child in the IFB, I wouldn't have. Because we've talked about kind of how, how having my eyes opened to some of the fallacies and the lies that you're told as a child in the IFB was a gradual process and that wasn't something that that just you know I didn't know when I was in third grade or fourth grade that authority wasn't always acting in my best interest and to be unquestionably followed like I I was still bought in at that age is what I'm saying right so it if I had read it then I wouldn't have liked it because I would have felt like Oh, that they're was being so mean to the principal disrespectful why are they and the principal's got a reason for why he treats them like crap but as an as an adult, yeah, it was definitely very cathartic to see these these kids. And it's not just like they're not winning through the power of rebellion. You know, they're not winning through the power of sheer obnoxiousness. 
uh, they're winning through creativity and they're winning through brain power. Yeah. And I thought that was uh, something that I thought that was super cute. It was fun to read. And that was something that I would much rather put in front of my child is like, oh, well, you know, the way that you beat oppressive leadership is through creativity and through using your mind, not through just being a jerk and hoping that it works out. Yeah. And see, that's also the thing that it seemed like the school administrators had the biggest problem with, because when they would talk about, oh, these kids are being such bad kids, all they really want to do is make comic books about Captain Underpants and then go and photocopy them and sell them for 50 cents a piece. Right. Like the, their goal is there's nothing wrong with their goal. And the teachers all hate Captain Underpants and they're like, oh, we have to keep these kids from selling their Captain Underpants comics. Like they're that council of uh, of uh, like the world council in Metalocalypse that's like afraid of <laughs> Death Clock taking over the world. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. So that so in the first book in the series, George and Harold commit some admittedly pretty egregious pranks at the at the football game. Um and they get in trouble for it. They get caught by the principal who basically just says, okay, you guys have to like wash my car. And and he is mean. He is mean. And he's doing all sorts of, like he's threatening to give the tape of them ruining the football game to the football team. Who is like, yeah, they'll beat you up. So he's threatening them with physical violence. Yeah. And then, okay. So yes, but also in another uh, in another book, he makes them write sentences about how great and wonderful he is. Yes. And that's sort Ugh. of the way that like if you're a, a a child that bucks authority, that's sort of a lot of the ways that you see authority as being very self-aggrandizing. So seeing that you're like, oh, yeah, well, of course, that's his motivation is just like. He can't stand to see, you know, anybody uh, from his authority, from his administration being made fun of. But then basically what the boys do, what George and Harold do is they order a 3D hypno ring from a magazine and they hypnotize their principal and be make him into turn into uh, uh, this superhero that they've invented, Captain Underpants. And that's and that's that's such a twist it is such a twist it's not that one of them becomes a superhero or that they like create the superhero out of thin air i thought that was one of probably the most creative thing about this book about this series yeah is that the the bad guy and the good guy are the same person right i just thought that was that was very like that's that's another reason why i would want my kid reading this because that's like a, that's a, a very fresh take on the whole thing how far into the series did you get? So I got through the first two books and then I kind of sped read through uh, the third one, but didn't quite get to the end of it. So you got to the point. Okay. So have you gotten to the point where Captain Underpants actually gets superpowers? Oh gosh, no, that sounds awesome. Yes. Uh, so eventually Captain Underpants does get superpowers uh, from the aliens and from the aliens, man. Yes. So like, that's one of okay, the things. Tell me why I saw the Saturday night live sketch where it's like they there's like three of them and they're talking about like getting their experience getting abducted by aliens oh i haven't seen that one. Oh, it's funny it classic yeah yeah so sorry eventually, he eventually gets powers <laughs> yeah so he eventually gets powers and he actually becomes a superhero it's it's actually quite brilliant you know in the way that it's been done so you but you that's sort of the other way that I wanted to to talk about it, though, is because these comic book, I mean, these books, they're very much like a, a child's like the type of thing that a child would invent. Like the storyline is the type of thing that a kid would come up with that, you know, the tech that's the alien technology aliens are showing up and like there's people getting hypnotized. People are getting superpowers from alien juice drinks you know it's it's very much like a, a childlike idea of what a comic book should be like but you know because it's written for children it makes sense and it works yeah i think i can i feel like this is something a kid would actually really like yeah well when i was a kid it was something that i really liked i mean i guess i, I talk about that from kind of an external because i didn't i was never i was never that kid I was an IFB kid. Yeah. 
it was a very different experience. But this is what this is. This is this book. I don't know. This book series exceeded my expectations. Really? Okay. Because, in, in in what way? Okay, I was thinking that this would be something a kid would like because kids find it funny to see the word booger on a page of a book. Because kids find underwear funny. Uh, because kids are irreverent and goofy. And, and uh, you know, kind of dumb humor or potty humor is a thing that, that kids like. What I found was this is something that kids would like because this is a book about kid empowerment. And and this is a book where where kids are smart and kids are funny and kids are creative. Uh, and it's got all the, the the other stuff too. So I just felt like I felt like this was way more wholesome than I thought it would be. So here's a question for you: Did you make sound effects when you were doing the flippo rama? I made sound effects in my heart. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's disappointing. But well, I mean. Yeah, I'm a figure dude. Say that. I'll tell you in in all of my books because I went over to my parents' house and I got all my old Captain Underpants books from back in their house to like look Aww. over before I before we did this episode. All of the pages that had the Flippo Rama on them were like falling out or torn because of the way that I'd done the Flippo Rama. That see, that's cute because of how much the Flippo Rama had been done, how much I had read these books in the past. See, I kind of, I kind of, the other thing is I kind of read these books very gingerly because I want them to be in good condition for my kid to read them one day. Well, that's quite nice. So I was, I didn't want to press the spine flat to do the, the flipperama part. Yeah. So do you have any final thoughts about these uh, Captain Underpants books? Because I think that we've sort of exhausted a lot of the topics that we were planning on talking, on talking about with these. Uh, I guess this turned out to be one of the shorter episodes of, of homework that we could have done. You know, when we came up with the idea to do homework, they were supposed to all be this short. That's true. And then we got way, 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 way into it. And then most of the things that we do, we have a massive cultural analysis for. That's true. <laughs> and, you know, I'm trying to think of like what the cultural impact of this series i guess would have been i mean i it's it's sort of interesting because these are books you know they're very easy reader books so like if you were a kid who was just learning how to read then this would be a good book for you you know if you were in like first grade and you weren't you you know and you didn't want to read like big thick books you know and you weren't to the point of reading those for yourself this is sort of like light reading where you're like okay well i can recognize these words and then they would have a comic book in the middle but like a lot of times the comic book would have words misspelled. So it was kind of like, you know, it was written for you. It was written because the comics were written by a kid. So that's sort of how I see it. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I feel like these books are so iconic. It's because they're made for kids. Right. I, I, I really appreciated talking to them at their level. Right. I really appreciated children's media that, that feels like it is actually for children. And I read one negative review of these online that said that, uh, you really? know, yeah, that, that was saying the exact the exact counterpoint that, you know, children's media isn't worthwhile if it doesn't have inside jokes in it for the parents to enjoy. And I feel like that person's wrong. Imagine reading this book. OK, but there's plenty of inside jokes that when I read through these, they flew over my head the first time I read them. Right. And then like, do you remember in the first one where they had the the lady that had her kid and like captain underpants was was hitched to the back of the truck and then the lady and the kid was like look over there mom uh there's a man being dragged by a truck and there's two robots driving it and she's like stop how gullible do you think i am and she's reading a magazine that says something like how to lose 20 pounds in three days or something like that that was a uh-huh. joke that flew over my head when i was a kid but then i can see that now and i'm like oh that's funny right so there are number one there are inside jokes for people and who imagine are... reading these even as adult like and not getting any enjoyment out of it i think that yeah i think that's silly and and my other my other point is that uh children are people Sometimes adults tend to treat children like they're half a person or like they're a future person. But the the truth is that children are people just like adults are people. 
And just because they're people who have not matured into a full understanding of life yet doesn't mean that they're not real people with real feelings and real ideas. You know, we we know better now. We don't invalidate a child's opinion or a child's feeling or a child's pain just because they're a child. That's, no. you know, that's something that we've learned not to do as a species. And hopefully we are going to get better at that. Children deserve books that are just for them. Children deserve books like this that are that feel fresh and feel like a weirdly intelligent fourth grader might have written it. <laughs> like I, I would love to meet the author of these. I feel like he's got to be such a such a such a kid at heart in such a beautiful way. Pilkey. Yeah. And I think that um, you know, that maybe that's my final thought. Kids are people and uh I think it, I think that kids just because kids appreciate irreverent humor or potty humor doesn't mean that it's not valid and doesn't mean that kids don't deserve something like this that gets in something like the Captain Underpants books that gives them the scatological humor that they want and the the kind of dumb jokes and the then the puns but also is fresh and entertaining, genuinely entertaining, and uh, empowering to children. It teaches teaches children that creativity is a virtue. Yeah, there's my final thoughts. That is a good final thought. And you know, one of the things that I was thinking about was that liking irreverent humor doesn't stop when you stop being a kid. Right. right? It just it just becomes uh, it becomes socially acceptable. When you're an adult watching, I don't know, Pineapple Express or, or South Park, The Hangover, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like people make like one of the funniest scenes. Like you remember Bridesmaids? You've seen Bridesmaids? Love right? Bridesmaids. You know the scene where they eat the Brazilian food and then that's <laughs> that may be my Melissa, favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy is like on the sink. They're yeah, they're in the dress shop and then they're like in the sink and then Melissa McCarthy's like, it's coming out of me like lava. Like, how is that any different than like, I mean, in the the one with the cafeteria ladies being like the the bad guys, you know, in the comic book, they made fun of them. They're like, they are able to leap over tall buildings with the power of their farts powered by their uh, three be uh, their three bean uh, 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 chili con something i don't know right like why like why is that okay in an adult in an adult movie yeah that, that was a funny scene right and why why do children not deserve you know if that's gonna make an adult bust a gut laughing why why do kids not deserve to, to bust up laughing yeah that, 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 oh, that so was that's, a hilarious that's, scene it was yeah. okay are those our final thoughts yeah, I think okay. those are our final thoughts is that children are people and you got to treat them like people, but you have to treat them like uh, like a, a special kind of person because their needs are different from adults. Right. But like but you've got to balance doing that without treating them like like a like less than a person. Right. You have to meet them where they are and that's going to be different for every kid. But that's sort of where these books kind of just nail it. And this was also I'm super glad we had this conversation now because that got super into my philosophy of child rearing. And we all know that the people who have the best philosophies of child rearing are people who have not yet become parents. <laughs> no, like give you a few years, give you a few years like you'll be like, yeah. I thought I knew everything when I first started and now I'm just like, you know what? If my kid doesn't break a toe, then that's a good day. See, I am so that person. Like, I really do think I know everything. Uh, and I really do have a plan for everything. Uh, well, because you're going to do a bunch of research beforehand. Because like, I'm that watch, type. Yeah. Watch you, like, have I, – I don't I don't want to say watch you have a difficult child because that's, like – that. that's a mean thing to say to somebody. But, like, watch me just being, like, I don't know, my like, me when I have a kid, like, just completely winging it and my kid coming out great and then – and my kid being a little more difficult to raise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, who knows? Um, who knows? No, I really. I mean, you ever think about that, though, where you're just like, oh, man, like we thought like when we were kids, we thought that our parents were geniuses. They knew exactly what they were doing. And then you come to realize, oh, they didn't know shit. 
they were trying to figure it out. Like that's kind of the the. Yeah, and I'm the first child too. Um, yeah, so they were especially. So I was to the experimental child. Yeah. Yeah. See, my sister owes me a lot of thanks because you know I'm the one that really wore our parents out. <laughs> You, like I'm like I was the one. They're just like, oh, what's he getting into today? Like, and they're just like, oh, what? My younger sister should be. They're like, oh, did she do anything bad? No. Okay, I'll just leave her alone. Won't pay any attention. You know, in a good way. In the yeah. She, so she was the low maintenance child. Yeah, she was very low maintenance. See, my parents call me the low maintenance child. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. Um. Tune into Believing in Eden podcast for more of my where I discuss my parenting philosophy. No, wait, yeah. that's not what my podcast is about. No, I mean that would be like uh, uh, one of those girl defined women writing uh, yeah. a book about sex before they've had sex, which is a thing that happened. Which is a thing I'm pretty sure that what one of them did isn't. No, it? it's absolutely a thing that one of them did. Oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah. Anyway, that brings us on to what comes next. And what comes next is deciding what next week's homework episode is going to be. And because we passed a milestone. 10,000. Yes. uh, We're going to do some reverse homework. Reverse homework. It's my turn again, just like we did with Striper. And um, I feel like we're making so much progress that I get to do reverse homework all the time, which is super fun. It is super fun. So the I am recommending you a movie. Recommending me or assigning me? There's a difference there. Is there? Yeah. Is it a good movie or not? That is a really good question. <laughs> so you're assigning it to me. You're not recommending it to me. Recommending it to me is like, oh, I think you should, I don't know, uh, uh, watch Titanic. That's a great movie. Yeah. So I, I'm assigning you this movie. This movie is important, and I don't know, like, I haven't seen this, honestly, since I was a little kid. Um, Like, the Striper album I assigned you, I listen to it all the time for fun, because I love that album. It rocks. This movie, uh, this movie is something that I've probably seen at least a dozen times, if not more. Okay. This so it's like is... your Spy Kids 3D. Sure. This is the IFB approved movie. The IFB approved movie? The. This is the movie. Is it has, a Hollywood movie or is it an IFB movie? It is a very well made. The way I remember it, it's a very well made IFB movie. Like it was made by, by like a church or like a, some kind of religious group. But it looks like it doesn't look like it's not like handheld camcorder, you know? It looks yeah. beautiful. Like the way I remember it, it look there's actual cinematography here. Like it looks pretty. And and it's it's shot like a real movie. And there's okay. costumes like a real movie. So this this movie is the one movie that every IFB parent is okay with their child seeing. So if you're IFB and you're listening to this, you know the name of this movie. I don't know the name of this movie yet. She has probably already know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So okay, this is the is well, this is the movie. Let me set it up a little bit further. <laughs> this is the movie that if you've got a group of like 12 to 20 IFB kids from different families and you don't know who is allowed to watch what. And you don't want to get into like, you know, some of their parents let them watch Disney and some of them don't. You don't want to offend any of the parents and like, oh, what are we going to do with these kids for the next two hours? What you sit these kids down to watch is this movie and it's called Sheffy. 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 Uh, S-H-E-F-F-E-Y. Sheffy. Sheffy. And some of our listeners, if any of our listeners still live near uh, IFB parents, they may just have this movie <laughs> That they can just borrow from their parents. I found it online for streaming uh, as well. And so this movie is about, it's about uh, Robert Sheffy, who was a a circuit riding preacher. And it, it's it's like a biographical film about this preacher. But it's it's iconic because this is something that every IFB kid has seen. And so most of us saw like 25 a, times. A movie about a preacher. Uh, yes, and the reason I chose it is it good? 
You know, I don't remember. I really, I haven't seen it in so long that I don't feel like I can give a correct answer to that. But this is a kind of movie that you would like show kids. So it's like at, at the level of understanding. That it's a not a children's would, movie. But you would show it to kids. It's, because it's child appropriate and IFB approved. Yeah. I don't know how to describe this movie to you except for to to assign you to watch it. Is it like Goodbye, Mr. Chips? I haven't seen that. Okay. Is it like, okay, I can't think of what else it might be like. Uh, it's like, like um, a biographical movie about a guy, but like a, a, a old guy. Is there like fighting in it? Is there action in it? There is some action, the way okay. I remember it anyway. Uh, there's also like a very dramatic like a uh, prayer scene. You'll see. Okay. This is a movie that every IFB kid has seen. For real. So I feel like you kind of have to see it. Mm. And I honestly, I was kind of ready to watch this again myself. Because I want to know, like, I want to go back in time. And I want to see what I missed as a kid. And I want to see, like, what I remembered correctly. Okay. Okay. Cause when, so when was the last time you've seen this movie? If I had to guess, I would say probably mid-teen, mid-teenage years. So, you know, 2006 to 2009 sometime. Okay. But I'm sure that I have seen it about a dozen times through the years. Because we would watch this in school. Like, this is one of the few things that was approved, like, at IFB school. So if your teacher had a sick day or, like, if you finished your paces early and they wanted to shut you up for a few hours, they'd sit you down in front of this movie. Wow. And it kind of – it's kind of a meme because it was used that way in so many IFB schools. Okay, so if your parents were at the the Valentine – so we just – um we have an episode about the Valentine banquet coming out in the future. If your parents were at the Valentine banquet and you didn't have babysitting for your kids, you could send your kids to like some back room in the church and somebody would babysit them while they all sat and watched this movie. If your parents were in a church meeting that went forever long and they had to do something with the kids while the parents were in the church meeting, they'd sit you down and watch this movie. Okay, so this is like the princess bride for you guys. Right, because uh, so I saw the princess bride as a, as a kid, but for a lot of IFB families, it wasn't approved. This is the one movie that everybody's parents will let them watch. So if you've got a group of IFB kids and nothing to do to shut them up for two hours, you put on Sheffy. So we've all seen it like a million times. So I'm going to I guess I'm going to have to watch Sheffy. And I hope it isn't too boring. <laughs> I'm, I am really interested to find out. And I'm, and honestly, I'm excited about watching it again myself as well. Because okay, then. I just, I want to, I want to see like what both of us are going to think of it. Okay. So, well, while I do that, uh, you guys can also do that. So you can tune in next Thursday and you will have to hear what I think about Sheffy. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah and i guess we'll go from there uh tune in on monday what episode's coming out on monday is monday monster energy let me again let me check right monday right. is monster is energy monster? okay yeah so oh tune my in on, gosh tune in on monday monday, monday is such a good episode monday we're gonna you're gonna find out why monster energy is satanic uh and then tune in on thursday and you're gonna hear what i have to think about this uh ifb movie Sheffy. <sighs> Which I don't know whether I should be excited for or whether I should be dreading. Listen, yeah. either way, if if you hate it, just remember I also gifted you with Striper, which you loved. I moderately liked Striper. Okay, I you, wouldn't say you I had loved an enjoyable Striper. time listening to Striper. Yeah, I thought okay, this is cute, but okay, yeah. So um, so if if you do hate it, remember how fun the last one I gave you was. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay then. 
All right. Uh, and so until then, uh, my name is Gavriel Hako, and you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at G-A-V-R-I-E-L-H-A-C-O-H-E-N. You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Leaving Eden Podcast and on Twitter at Leaving Eden Pod. Send us your ideas for homework assignments to leavingedenpod at gmail.com. Sadie, you want to go for it? Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Sadie Carpenter Music or on Twitter at Hell Yeah Sadie. Or on TikTok. Or on TikTok. It's Leaving Eden Podcast. I never know if it's podcast or pod and I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. And then my TikTok is Sadie Carpenter One, which I don't know if I'm going to change or not. Still. Yeah. Well, okay. So if you want to listen to the song that's playing right now, you can go to my Spotify page or whatever uh, Apple Music or whatever streaming service you use. You can stream it there. It's called Rolling River of Time. And until we see you guys again, I hope that you guys have a nice day. Bye bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.